0: hello and welcome everyone we are no signal station thank you ever so much for joining us on our first podcast let's introduce ourselves my name's ed he him i'm here from the marketing team it's lovely to meet you to my left
1: i'm Ginevra, and uh my preferred pronouns, probably they, but I'll accept she. And I am an editor with the Null Signal Games narrative team. And I also uh, do some visual things with writing briefs for card art. And we also have...
2: Hey, it's Sanjay Kulkicek. Um I uh, prefer he, him pronouns. And uh, I'm on the marketing team and I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, Ed, why don't you tell me about yourself?
0: Oh, that wasn't what I was expecting. I was going to lead, but fine. Uh, Yeah, so I'm Ed. I'm from the UK. Specifically, I live in Edinburgh at the moment. I moved from the south of England. Originally, I grew up in London. Uh, I started playing Netrunner unofficially in about 2017. Officially, I started playing Netrunner uh i think it was the 21st of march 2020 something happened at that point that made me kind of stop doing things i was doing before and start doing new things um <laughs> so i <laughs> for some reason uh i had online hobbies all of a sudden uh one of those was playtesting um neverna as a new player i i joined the playtesting team saying, I do not know very much about Netrunner. I would like to product test a new player uh, product. I got vaguely good at Netrunner. I finished like 60th at Worlds that year. So I wasn't bad. I wasn't great, but I wasn't bad. Um, I tested a lot of gateway. Um, I also, like when I do things, I kind of like... In for penny, in for pound. So I appeared on quite a few podcasts. You might have heard me across the years on various things, judging cakes and getting really drunk on uh, slums cast. That was a thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> it was it was a high point of my career and a low point of my career as well. I was really wasted. Um, and uh, aside from talking, which I did. Vaguely well. Um I also am one of the three admins on GLC. GLC, if you don't know, is the number one and only uh Netrunner Discord. <laughs> <laughs> um, no
1: bias, no bias.
0: No bias at all, no bias at all. We have six thousand members, we are a netrunner discord. Uh, It's been running for quite a few years and we provide a safe space for Netrunner players to talk about their uh, passion for the game and also other hobbies. And, uh, Ginevra, what do you like the most about GLC? And I'm running into an interview with you.
1: (laughs) I think I like that it's got a lot of Netrunner information for people if they want it. Like I like seeing people come in um, after playing games, or maybe in the middle of games, asking questions, finding out more about how the game works. It's it's very game focused, apart from the off-topic area, which is off-topic. <laughs> and yeah, I really like the ethos I'm behind GLC. People. I'm another modmin on GLC, so yeah, bias. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. I suppose people might be asking, what's the segue between Ed and Ginevra? So, Ginevra, yeah. maybe you could tell us what's the segue.
1: Well, yeah, being a modmin on GLC, but um, I guess I should introduce myself a bit. Um, I'm living on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, but I'm guessing most listeners to this are not in Australia, so that means I live in Sydney. Um I started playing towards the end of 2020 and for very similar reasons to Ed, like pandemic. Um, (laughs) Lots of the things I I would normally do, I couldn't do. Um, And I started really strangely, I actually started doing Salvaged Memories, which was a really confusing time to start because I was like, how do other people know what these cards are? Are these new cards? I just didn't know the history of the game at all. And Salvage Memory, just in case other people listening don't know the history of the game, was a pack of selected rotated cards that um, now Signal Games, which was Nisei, put together to kind of um, enliven the competitive scene just before System Gateway was produced. And so, yeah, really confusing time to start, i got to say. I knew System Gateway Incredible. was coming, but I was like, "I'm not waiting." Um, yeah, that that's about me. How about you, Sanjay? Uh,
2: hi, um, I'm like I said, I'm Sanjay. I'm from uh, Delaware uh, on the East Coast of the United States. I have been playing um, pretty consistently since 2014. Uh, my friends got me into Netrunner. Um, they had, they were keeping up with it. And so they had a full collection and uh, they let me share um, the cards and uh, we built together. Uh, I remember them telling me they had this experience that they, the two of them played together. They were a couple and they um, played together. And uh, when they finally got out of their cocoon and went to competitive events, they found out they were pretty good. I did not have that experience. When (laughs) I went to competitive events, I found out I was not very good, but I had a really good time. Um, I think uh, when it comes to my sort of competitive, uh, casual mindset, uh, I like to keep it pretty uh, laid back, but at the same time, um, I love going to organized play Netrunner because uh, there's a beautiful community that shows up there. Um, it's beautiful games of Netrunner. Uh, and in terms of my relationship with Netrunner and the Netrunner community. Um, I've really enjoyed doing a lot of things, from weird write-ups and uh, to um, data analysis on um, you know what what car what uh, characters show up in the art for different for cards the most, or or um, a deep dive on the rules around clot. Uh, I just like putting together little projects for. Netrunner and for this community so much because uh, the community has given me a lot of love and support and uh, it's been really lovely. Um, I didn't start playing this game around the pandemic, but um, when everybody was quarantined, um, having this beautiful online community was hugely wonderful.
1: Really, really important as a supportive thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I. (laughs) <laughs> I I don't know what I would have done without throwing myself into a project that I had knew nothing about. Um, and going headfirst into it. Sanjay I'm gonna quiz you on something, if if that's okay. Yeah. Um Queen Bee, what's that?
2: Oh Queen Bee. Um so <laughs> I um so one of the silly uh things I wrote, so there's a and this is going a little deep on you know Inside Netrunner community lore, but um, there's this thing where which some established Netrunner players get very enthusiastic about, which is called Team Dog versus Team Cat, which is um, whether the player who wins worlds likes cats more or likes dogs more. You can't say, "Oh, I like them both." You have to choose one or the other. And for the longest time, Team Cat always won worlds. It was, um, it, uh, and that was a fun random thing you know you'd wait for somebody to win worlds and you'd say who um what do you like are you on team cat or team dog and every year team dog would get disappointed that's no longer true um there have been team dog winners now but anyway um at some point before a worlds just as a, a fun article i wrote about not what cards are gonna not whether what players who like animals are gonna do what animals that appear on cards are gonna do best at worlds, and so it was an analysis of here's the cats on cards, here's the dogs on cards, here's the um, dolphins on cards, um, here's the whales on <laughs> cards, uh, and I, I dog, believe uh, snakes. Yeah, yes. of course, snakes. Of course, snakes. Um, and
1: There's increasing numbers of animals on cards. I think yes. I think
2: people are responding to uh, a. a, a, a broadcast want that the community has put out we yeah. want to see animals on cards <laughs> yeah um, but as a silly lark um, when I wrote the thing about bees I said you know what um, if I will give a prize to I, I bought a little enamel pin, bee pin and I'll say whoever places best at worlds with a bee card in their deck and I listed all the bee cards I you will be the queen bee mm-hmm. um And uh, I've been trying to, I've missed a Worlds or two, I've been trying to crown a queen bee every Worlds, um, which involves me keeping an up-to-date list on what bee cards are in the game. Um, And, you know, uh, etymologists, or no, entomologists and uh, phylogeneticists will um, raise their eyebrows because we have included some wasp cards. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But... And and we and actually uh, at the last worlds uh, we had w- one player get he he was leading the the race for Queen B and we found out that his card was actually an ant card uh, it was formicary and he got disqualified oh my gosh. Uh, it was a huge sc- it was a huge scandal <laughs> um, he's actually on a podcast where one half of the podcast has is a reigning queen has been Queen B Bee, and he, uh, it would have been wonderful for the pair of them. Uh, But he's now the Ant Queen, so Mm -hmm. it's a good situation.
0: Cool. (laughs) Shocking. Uh, And Ginevra, obviously, compared to the two of us, you've done, I believe, quite a lot of testing of uh, the liberation
1: cycle. I've done some. I've done some testing.
0: Um, So what are you excited about? Without spoilers, so, I know that's a difficult question.
1: The weird thing is that uh, when you're doing testing, it, the cards have test art and they have words that are com- <laughs> frequently changing. And, like, so one day it's, oh, we're going to word it this way so it has these effects and another day, like, you know, a few weeks later it has completely different effects. And you have to kind of keep up with how is it changing. Yeah. Um, And you learn a lot about yourself when you're doing testing. And the thing Mm -hmm. I've learned about Mm -hmm. myself is, firstly, um, don't ask me whether something should be one credit more or less because I don't know. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can do the early parts of testing um, where it's kind of overall, Mm -hmm. how does this feel? Does this feel fun? That I can help you with. But one credit more, one credit less, should it be worded this way or that? I'm like, no, at this stage. No idea. I hope one day I'll get to the stage where I do know those things, but don't ask me those bits. But the other thing I've learned about myself is, um, (laughs) like, I'm doing the narrative and visuals, like, helping no signal games with those. So when the card is actually put in the finished template and it has the finished art and the finished wording, to me it's a completely different card. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm excited to see how the cards will feel when they're real they're real finished cards because I kind of lose all association with the test process. I'm just like so mm. what I'm really excited is for is some of the pieces of artwork I've seen and some of the flavor text and some of the concepts behind it. And I can't wait for people to see them all.
0: I mean, ultimately we've put this podcast out. As a team, because we've listened to the community, we've heard that people want more communication from NSG. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Hi. And hopefully uh, through constant repetitive uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're hoping
1: this is regular. We
0: will be able to reach yep, out. Yep, yep. Yes, we're going to keep it regular. That's what we're yep, here yep. for. It's going to be every two weeks, month Hopefully, at the most. Hopefully, cross fingers. It's, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's to why to there's three of ourselves. us in, in the hope that if not all of us can make it at any one time, there'll be someone who can.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so welcome, everyone. Thank you all for joining and thank you all listeners for joining us as well. Um, we're going to segue... Into an interview that we did a short time ago with a certain Dan Bouchard, head of marketing at NSG, who was the original conceptor of this podcast. Uh, So I hope you enjoy uh, our chat as much as we did, and we'll see you on the other side. Hi, folks. Uh, it's me Ed, and we are here as a full team this evening with the lovely Dan Bouchard. Dan, good evening.
3: Oh no, I don't know how often I've been called lovely before. Good evening. Not often <laughs> enough.
0: <laughs> he, him, uh, Sanjay, he, him, uh, Ginevra, they, Uh So Dan, thanks ever so much. Uh, we've got you on this evening for the first podcast. Uh because it's your idea, right? I guess it was my idea. Um I
3: have had many ideas as well, I'll give a little intro. Um I am uh No Signal Games' uh marketing lead, a position that I I guess I made up. I volunteered for something and then I got too much work given to me. And I was like, I guess I'll be a lead for this. And then I've just had so many ideas for like how to market No Signal and the the game. And one of the ones that's been in my back of my head for a long time is a, is a podcast. So when I decided, I decided, oh, I could do, we could do a podcast. And also I could hand this work over to other people and I don't have to actually do anything. It sounded really good.
0: And of course myself and Sanjay have had a long history of uh failed podcasts. <laughs> I think I think is a, a good way of looking at it isn't that right Sanjay?
2: No, I think all my podcast uh experience has been very successful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, I'm wondering like what are your kind of hopes and dreams for the podcast if it's kind of your idea?
3: Yeah, so when I thought of doing, like, my idea for a Netrunner podcast, or really it's a Null Signal Games podcast, was to do something that um, filled a big gap in, I think, our communication strategy, which was I was someone that was looking at metrics and looking at how many people actually read our articles and and got news from the site and realized that there was a big, a lot of people, like a big gap that just, were not going to the site because they didn't see us, see us on social media or they weren't checking the website. And I thought of my internet habits and how easy it is for me to every week just go on my phone and listen to the podcast I have to subscribe to. So if somebody likes Netrunner and they like no Signal Games, they could subscribe to our podcast in every couple weeks. Just get the latest news and hear how the sausage is made, right? Hear about get interviews from people that are way more interesting than me. We're get we're, we're starting low, um, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go higher up as these episodes go. Because um, so I want I want to if I was listening to this podcast, I want to hear about design and playtest, and you know how art gets commissioned. I I want to hear about the the mega skilled people on on our team and all the work that they do right yeah absolutely and
1: it'll be sort of um it'll be sort of different to other netrunner podcasts because they're more about like playing or about like what the community is doing and this will be more from null Null signal games point of view on netrunner so hopefully like not cutting across any other podcasts right and
3: you know every once in a while maybe i would want to hear about what decks you're playing right that's cool (laughs) but for the for the most part like we all play netrunner right that's the reason why we volunteer in this organization um but um it's it's mostly to, to hear about the happenings i want to hear about the new stuff and when the time comes i want to hear stories from worlds right what cool things happened
0: for instance. I guess uh, it kind of addresses uh, a community criticism in the past that No Signal haven't been the best at communicating. Um, do you think this is a good way of communicating to the community? I think the more ways that we can
3: communicate the better. I think that's where a traditional game studio has a lot of um, benefits is it's kind of like the shotgun approach, like the shotgun blast approach, right? They're they're throwing the news out there in as many places as possible, and the news is Mm -hmm. getting picked up by Reddit, Board Game Geek, Dicebreaker, like all these different board game sites. So no matter which one you you attune to, different YouTube channels and Twitch streams, you'll hear about the latest news when Letter Games releases the new root expansion on Kickstarter or... um, or whatnot um with us i I think we're we're trying to do as much as we can but um it's a lot less like you want to hear news about netrunner you're gonna have to go to the website you don't hear about it from your favorite board gaming youtube site and if so it's the news is probably three to four six months late Mm. yeah true
1: um you're all on the marketing team, actually. Can I ask, is there someone else on the marketing team who's not here?
3: Um, Ed's poking me to get a convention lead,
0: uh, recruited. So,
3: but they right don't now, exist yet. They don't exist yet.
0: Um, I I would love a convention lead. I would also love like a analytics lead as well to target advertising in the future. I'm not getting a triple clap on this. I think it's very important that the community here. That I would like these two things.
3: <laughs> just ma- speaking it manifests it. Yeah.
2: I know one thing I uh, really like hearing Dan talk about, uh, and so I'm going to just ask is, uh, you know, in terms of what the marketing team is and like what we do and specifically yeah. like why our marketing team and what our mission is, is different than maybe even a traditional marketing team. Um, a
3: traditional marketing team and like our community team, right? You see a lot of people that, heck, I, I go on GLC, the the Netrunner uh, Discord, and I see a lot of people on the community team po- poking up in there. But what um, the marketing team specifically does is a little bit separate. Um, so I'll give you the little history. A couple of years ago, I was on the No Signal Games Discord. We were Project Nisei at the time um and i was on their disc on the discord and i was i was in there as like i was helping some people on the community team and i mentioned to somebody actually no I, I mentioned to austin um who is um our president or leader um i was like oh it'd be really cool if we had a like a convention presence at pax unplugged and he's like yeah i think that'd be good and i was like i'm volunteering for work aren't i and that's how that started <laughs> so the, the convention went really well and i was and, we wanted to do more. And I was like, we should really have like some sort of marketing like department, right? We don't have that. So what is the marketing department? Well, I think of the marketing team as getting a, a new player or a, a, a lapsed player. Someone that, that left the game during the FFG days or when the game got canceled or heck, even after ashes came out and getting them back into the game, getting their foot back into the door. Once their foot is in the door, hand it off to the community team. Although, realistically, we're not going to do that, right? We're gonna, we like talking to people.
0: Do you think there's a need for a different strategy in marketing between kind of the elapsed players, which we know exist, and bringing new players in? It's it's a huge, it's a it's a it's a big balancing act, and I definitely,
3: um, actually. Aim for the new players, right? But caught in the crossfire, every convention we go to, we always end up with a bunch of people that's saying that looks like Netrunner, and then we we say it is Netrunner, come play, and they get really interested. Um, but i I think that the for the health of the game, it is bringing new players in and getting that discovery, right? Like, and I think that it is a um, it's a numbers game, right? For every hundred copies of Gateway sold, you're gonna get twenty people that go on JNet or go to a go to an event mm. and of like go to a meetup. And of those twenty people that go to a meetup, maybe two or three of them are gonna become competitive quote unquote competitive players that could potentially go to Worlds or whatnot. But that's fine, right? Because we're just we're, we're bringing new people into the game, and if yeah. if uh, some some experienced player needs to, and that's really important because if some experienced player needs to step away, right? Their their life is tough. This is a lifestyle game, right? So it's uh it's tough to stay involved all the time. Step away for six months to a year. You just had a kid. You have you have a new a new job that's really stressful. You can't put much time into hobbies. It's really nice to know. When you do have time, you can come back in, and the game is still going, and that requires there to be new new players. Mm. Back to so. Sanjay, you asked you asked a question about what makes the marketing team different than other marketing teams, and I wanna I wanna make sure that I answer that because it's I I really uh, I don't like the skeevy marketing like. Uh, um, strategies that a lot of companies use, right? And the 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 image of people that are just trying to sell sell the next big thing or whatever. And it's really nice to have a team and have goals that is not money or profit focused, right? The the if we're looking at analytics, we're looking at numbers of success for the marketing team, it's people playing netrunner. And that means that a copy of gateway sold and a download of the PDF like the PDF online or a a gameplay on Jnet or even tabletop simulator. Those are all mm-hmm. carry the same weight to me. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I want people to like my value of success is like let's get more people to meetups. Let's people let's people play like shuffling cardboard and or printouts of cardboard. I don't I I am the worst salesman at conventions right i go to a convention (laughs) selling sell quote-unquote selling products right i'm just like i don't want you don't need to buy this right you don't need to buy this game i want you to play this game come sit down go down go on a website and download it like you don't need you don't need to spend money (laughs) although if you want to i would i would love to not have to carry all this cardboard back to my car so that's that's my biggest uh biggest pitch when i'm doing conventions
0: so I guess uh, on, on conventions, it's something that actually I was asked in a, an interview with a, a Scottish uh, gaming magazine recently. So we're a non-profit, right? So the question was asked, why are we spending money on conventions as a non-profit? That's, it's, a, it's a cost of business, right? Just because we're a
3: non-profit doesn't mean that we don't have costs. And in fact, we have a lot fewer costs than many organizations. So we have a lot of volunteers. Maybe someday, like I would love for everyone in that NSG to be able to be paid for their work. Right. But right now, the cost of a convention to let people know that this game exists, that's the same that's an expense the same way that art is an expense. Or paying for the software we're using to record this podcast is an expense. Um but when I when I run conventions, what I really like to do is I, I like to be credit neutral, right? I like to make my runs credit neutral. So when I'm when I'm running a convention, I really um, like a convention booth, if we break even, that's where I wanna be. So we're selling product and we usually don't make money any money from that. And the money if we do quote unquote turn a profit, we're not turning a profit because that money is just gonna go into the next convention, right?
1: Um Did you have favorite conventions? Like what conventions has Null Signal Games gone to over the years?
3: So personally, I have run booths at both PAX Unplugged and PAX East. I've also run a booth at a local convention right down the road from my house called Captain Con, really small thing. Um, And Null Signal has also run uh, events at uk games expo for two years we ran a booth at shucks um the shop sit down convention in vancouver and uh Essence spiel um in germany and um pax australia down in melbourne um i can't personally speak to a lot of those but i i heard from, um i think that shucks was incredibly successful because it wasn't really a selling convention. Everyone was there to play games and we demoed a lot of games. I'm, I really loved, uh, uh, I always love PAX Unplugged. It's like a more chill Gen Con to me. It's relaxed, people are
0: there to play games. It's just a ton of fun. I, so obviously myself and Ginevra are GLC admins. Uh, we see how the discord grows and certainly we saw the biggest growth from mm. uh shocks and uk yeah, which are the two which are maybe more gameplay orientated rather than yeah. selling orientated mm-hmm. uh, it was really fascinating to see the growth uh there so yeah.
3: And it's, um, it's really nice to be able to, like, we make sure we, we print out uh, business cards to have, like, links to GLC, links to, thanks. actually, my favorite thing is putting a link to, like, the local, a local Discord or Slack channel or something. So when you go, um, like, if you go to PAX Australia later in the year, you're probably going to get handed a business card that says, like, join the local Australian Discord, right? Um, yeah. And that's really, and, and just a lot of people start joining and then they can find find meetups and that's a really good way to, to kickstart a, a, a meta.
1: It's really cool. It's actually like a nationwide and Australia and New Zealand and a bit of Singapore all in the one Discord. It's really cool.
2: Um, I also did want to share just that uh, after the first um, PAX Unplugged, um, the Philadelphia Netrunner scene rose out of the ashes um there was no play and i think just from talking to you dan um we had new players so excited about netrunner they're saying hey i'm gonna tournament organize i'm gonna run things and uh you know we just have a beautiful scene there now
3: and now some of those people are part of no signal games and and some of those people um are helping me run nationals in philadelphia later
0: uh this month right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i guess then the kind of leading following question is if you want to run a convention in your local area what can we do to help
3: yeah so marketing at nullsignal.games is the marketing email um and we've done this a couple times this year where someone's reached out and said hey i want to like I want to do something at my local convention. can you help out? And we've paid for a booth or a demo table and sent some demo materials and just said, yeah, run demos. Shout us out. it's not we're not officially there, right? We don't have any any NSG staff there, but we trust you to be able to to run a run demos. And if there are NSG people in the area, right, then maybe we will maybe we can. Sell um, sell cards or, or whatnot. Although the logistics of that makes it obviously harder.
0: Yeah, yeah re- I mean, reach like-
3: out. Like the the worst that could happen is I say, hey, we, we don't have the budget for the rest of the year, and I don't yeah. think that's the case yet, especially for smaller conventions, right? I talked about yeah. uh, Captain Con down the road from my house. It's a couple hundred bucks to have a booth for the for the weekend. And it's all locals, and it's a chill convention where everyone's there to play games and. there's a lot of those small conventions across across the world really like honestly just look up if there's any local board game conventions not even talking about netrunner like i think i think everyone should should be on the lookout for the the small conventions and spend a weekend playing playing board games
0: Mm -hmm.
1: are there um conventions coming up that you're excited for like what for the rest of the year kind of what's on your horizon
3: Oh, geez. Um, We're going to try our hardest to make Essence Field work this year. It's been really hard, and we're kind of behind on planning for that. Um, I really love that this year I've been able to trust the teams that last year ran PAX Australia. So PAX Australia is happening um, sometime later in... in the year, in either end of September or early October. So if you are in um, or near Melbourne, Australia, or would like to travel there, um, you can uh, go there and uh, play some Netrunner. Um, and then PAX, PAX Unplugged is uh, beginning of December. And that's my, I feel like that's my, my home convention just because of how often I go there and how, how, uh, how much I love that con. So that's what's happening for this year. Um, But we have big plans for 2024. We want to do Gen Con and Origins, which are two giant conventions in North America. Um, And then I think there's a convention down in Brazil I really want to get us into, if we can get some volunteers for that. So there's a bunch of conventions that I do want to,
0: um, with help, uh, get us into next year. Uh, Dan, if you're paying for flights for me to go to Brazil... (laughs) <laughs> I'm more than comfortable to, you, to run you, that for you. No problem at all.
3: I mean, Ed, have you seen the numbers on some... Like, there's a lot of players
0: down there. There really, There's yeah. a lot
3: of netrunner players down in Brazil. Yeah.
0: Like, it, It's interesting. There's so many kind of what we would describe in where we are, Australia, US, UK, minority areas that have a huge amount of players, right? And uh, tapping into that market is difficult. For quote
3: unquote market, like how do I like I? That's what I've been keeping thinking about. Like, Mm. how do we get Netrunner into India, China? Make it more popular in Japan. Like, let's get this. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't even know how the business, like board game businesses, work in some of those areas. But I want, I want that to happen. And I'm, I am so excited about the future because, like the new versions, like, I, when when uh, Perheelion came out, and it was in, like, an actual box, it's like, this could go on store shelves. And then the Gateway Remasters are coming out, like, if those have boxes, and then just, like, could we get stores to stock this? Could we get stores in other countries to stock this? Countries that maybe have not played net like, historically played Netrunner before? Like,
1: okay. A lot of them are translated into the local languages. So it would be yeah. possible.
3: That's like that's, the
1: translations there.
3: Like imagine, I imagine if you're going into a board game store, there's so many games that are, that are just in English, right? And to see a game that's actually translated into your language must be huge.
2: Dan, um, I also wanted to ask, you know, one of the things that I think is really incredible about your work with Los Diego Games is that you don't just have your null signal games hat on when you evangelize and promote the netrunner community. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what else you do and actually what,
3: um, you're excited about coming up? I have like, you you know, like it's like 15 years old, but like team fortress two, I have like the big tower of hats on my head. Right. Like I have so many different hats I wear. Um, I, uh, yeah, I'll give you a couple shout outs to the things that I'm working on that people should know about. Um, Biggest thing on my my mind right now is running uh, or helping to run U.S. Nationals, which is happening in a couple of weeks in Philadelphia. I'm really excited about that. Um, if the podcast comes out when I think it is, that's going to be happening in a week or two. Um, so if you are in the area, um, tickets are still available to that for that. Um, and I'm going to put on my marketing hat again and say that I think that Going to tournaments and going to events and being able to play eight nine rounds of Netrunner in a single day is the most fun you can have. Even like playing this game, even if you're a new to the game, right? Like you might lose a game or two, and then you're going to get paired up against players of the same skill level as you. That's the best. That's the best thing about it. Um, I also. Uh, starting last year, I helped a. I started to run a little charity thing, not an actual charity, um, but try to do fundraise a, uh, run a drive to fundraise money for people that could not afford to travel to worlds. That uh, that is called Run Together. So uh, organizing a big pack of alt art cards that people could buy off of drive through cards, or make playing cards, or just buy directly from near earth hub uh another website that i've run I, another hat that i have um and all the funds go directly to help paying for flights and um hotels to people that need it um and hopefully hopefully we can get that done this weekend actually i want to get that launched very soon
0: yeah just confirm you are running run together for world 2023 yeah uh, the the site should launch um the site should be
3: up um by the time that this podcast airs so if you just go to nearearthhub.net, you, there should be a at the top of the page there should be a section for run together 2023 and you will be able to um apply to uh apply for funding or just donate money or to uh hopefully uh pre probably pre-order a pack of cards we probably don't have the art finalized by then but being able to maybe pre-order a pack and pick up at worlds or something like that will be available
0: yeah i mean like certainly for me i don't i don't expect other people to do this but for me i paid the world's entry into run together last year because i couldn't attend myself but i knew that that would pay for someone else to be able to attend i think it's a really great way of doing things and, and thank you ever so much dan genuinely for organizing that i think it's everyone keeps on stuff. saying thanks
3: to me and uh, like i'm gonna pull the curtain back a little bit and this is something that a lot of people can do um I, my the biggest thing that i do for this community is i just kick people's butts Right, that's all I do. All I do is I I go up to somebody and I just get them excited to do something, and I just give them a little love tap and I, I give them the energy to actually go and do it. Right, like for nationals, it was I we just needed somebody to just say, "Oh yeah, we should do an East uh, nationals on the East Coast." Well, who's excited for that? I got all the tos together and I was like, "We gotta talk up like in the area to talk about it and get try to get some hype going and." eventually we were just like yeah let's do it in philadelphia and we we applied for it but for a run together all i had to do is just get the ball rolling and like 15 people have signed up with like custom netrunner alt arts some one piece of art and i don't even i don't even know if i i can really say this but I think one of the run together artists, somebody that was on GLC, their art looked so good that the organized play team reached out to them and said, Hey, we want you to do a piece. Right. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything more than that, but it was just like, (laughs) I
0: would say, I would say if anyone's on GLC and they go into art and design, they know exactly who you're talking about. We've had an incredible new artist. Has risen up out of nowhere. Well, that happened last year too with Esbior, uh, es- uh, es- Esbior, yeah, was, es- yeah. Es- and the Es-Bior. year before with um, who was it that did the the um the Ginteki Arts uh begins Calypso.
3: Calypso, Calypso, yeah,
0: Calypso. The year before, I mean, out of the community, just talent yeah. rises out of nowhere. It's incredible, time and time again. Ezebiore is uh, is doing a little project for me that we revealed soon. Ooh, very very excited about yeah. it. Very exciting.
3: But really, to to close, I think the the main thing, like I was saying, is you gotta if you keep the energy up. Like I cannot like myself, the marketing team. We just need to get the ball rolling any one of us cannot sustain the the growth of the game like our goal is to get people hyped enough to like run events and get their friends into the game and go to meetups every week and get other people to go to meetups and go to your local go to your local nationals bring your friends along like if you keep on getting excited for the game and you help other people get excited the energy just like it's just a feedback loop and it just, it's, um, it's the most, it's, it's energizing, right? I had so many people after UK games expo, everyone that volunteered at that booth, they were just like, I want to play so much Netrunner! I'm so excited. And they just worked like an entire weekend talking to thousands of people. And they're just like, I have not been more excited about this game than I have. I've been after this weekend, just because you talking to so many people,
1: That's really cool. Thank you for coming on and doing an interview and like telling us all about how you hope this podcast will go and also all of the things that marketing will like marketing does and how it connects with everyone. And um, do you want to just repeat how to contact you just in case?
3: Yes, so uh, best way to contact me is through the official Null Signal Games email. Which, if people did not know, you can find all of leadership's emails on the bottom of Null Signal Games uh, website. There's an about us section where you can go there, and you can find all of our emails. Mine is marketing at nullsignal.games. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Blue Sky, uh, Threads, Instagram. You can find me on it, all my all the social stuff because. I'm the marketing guy for a board game organization. So of course I'm on all those places. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much.
0: Dan, thanks ever so much for, uh, for taking the time. Thanks. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being our marketing lead. And thank you for bringing my local uh, meta back from dust.
3: <laughs> 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 Always happy to.
2: Hey, this is Sanjay, and I'm here with Ed, and this is the news. Hello, hello. Sanjay, what news have we got this week? All right, well, big news. uh, Scoop season for the Automata Initiative is starting the 21st of July, very, very soon. Uh, And that'll run all the way till Automata Initiative launches. On
0: the 31st of July. This could literally, Sanjay, by the time this episode goes out, we could be talking hours before Scoop season starts exciting. It's fresh news. Fresh, fresh news. <laughs> uh, I've got a little addition. Uh, if you haven't seen the upcoming announcement by Sengrin, um, the Automata Initiative will be legal for Continentals. Excellent.
2: Uh, speaking of big tournaments, uh, on October in October uh, we are going to be having our World Championship and tickets are now on sale. Uh, speaking of which, uh, our interviewee Uh, For this episode, Dan Bouchard has put together the Run Together initiative, which uh, sells packs to raise funds to send interested but not necessarily able Netrunner players to Worlds. If you're interested in that, keep an eye out for uh, application to go to Worlds this year.
0: Yeah, that's right, Sanjay. I think uh, 10 people were funded in some way in their trips to Worlds last year. Um, Great initiative. And hopefully we can reach the same Levels this time. Um, Speaking of tournaments, a few tournament results to round up. Um, It's been a really busy period, actually, for tournaments over the last month or so. Um, So congratulations, everyone uh, that won tournaments and congratulations, everyone that went to tournaments. Um, Particular shout-outs, I guess, would be uh, Jan Tuno, who won uh, Accelerated Meta Test for July. Congratulations. uh, The King, who won Canadian Nats West Coast Edition. Congrats to the King. And Abraham M, who won a large uh, CO in Toronto, I believe, uh, over the past weekend. So congratulations. If your name hasn't been shouted out, congratulations to you as well. If you'd like to let us know about a tournament that you've got upcoming and you'd like us to shout it out for you, do drop us a line and we'll include it in our next news roundup. Um, and speaking of uh, tournaments,
2: uh, we have a few Upcoming events in the next month or so. Uh, We have East Coast Championship uh, in the United States. Uh, That's an event that me and Dan B and uh, my friend Seba are running. Uh, It is on July 29th and 30th in Philadelphia. Please come if you can. And there are many more tournaments coming up uh, in the months
0: coming up. So keep an eye out. Yeah, jam-pack period coming up, isn't it? And uh, if you're looking for cards uh, for those tournaments and you're planning on going, uh, it's worth noting that the remastered editions are now available. Uh, check out NSG News um, to, to find out a little bit more about that and where you can get hold of those remastered editions from.
2: Yeah, one uh, place you can order them is the Null Signal online store, which is now uh, servicing or serving uh, Australia, the US, and the EU. Uh, with more locations to come
0: that's right uh, so listen out for updates on those uh, just finally a little one from me it's on the no signal website as well but uh tabletop scotland this year in perth about 40 minutes away from where i live uh the weekend of the 26th and 27th of august if you're in the uh, uk and fancy a trip come and see us up there uh we'll be uh, playing some games, we'll be displaying some product, and uh, it'd be lovely to see you there. That's it for the news. Catch you later. So, welcome to the Rules Desk. Uh, it's me, Ed, uh, and I'm here this evening with Cephalopod Wizard. Hello. He, him. That's me. Hello. I'm also known as
4: Justin in the real world. I'm he, him. And I work on the No Signal Games rules team.
0: Well, Justin, as, uh, as uh, we've probably introduced already in this podcast, uh, this is going to be a regular section where I uh, pick your brains about a rules query or a, a interesting rules interaction that's come up uh, in the community. Uh, some of these are regular ones. Some of these are more interesting ones that people, even more experienced players, might not know the answers to. But I think this week you've got one uh, that certainly has caused some controversy over the years.
4: It's a fun one for one of the players. We are here to talk about Formicary. It's an ice that doesn't look very good on its own. It says, when the runner approaches a server, you may res Formicary. If you do, move it to the innermost position of the server. The runner is now encountering it. So it can dive in the way of the server when you res it but it's just a two-strength sentry with a not-very-threatening subroutine. So it's it's not a very strong thing for actually taxing the runner or hitting them with a difficult face check. But the thing that has caused consternation and annoyance over the years is the way it interacts with other cards, as will be a recurring theme on the rules Corner. <laughs> because what can happen is... Ed, you're making a run on my server one. I res Skunkworks. Would you like to pay for Skunkworks? Uh, Yes, I will. Excellent. But unbeknownst to you, another trigger was marked pending. I have a Formicary installed on Archives. And now that you've paid for Skunkworks, I'm going to move Formicary so that it is now at the bottom of server one. And now you get to come approach Formicary again. And once you get past that, you get to pay for Skunkworks
0: again. So in theory, this could happen multiple times. Oh, yes. This could
4: happen as many times as you have Skunkworks. As many times as you have Formicaries. (laughs) You probably only have one Skunkworks on the server.
0: Yeah, uh, you'd hope so. Um, So how does the rule team deal with this one, then? Well, at the moment,
4: we're not really going to deal with this because this is just an interaction that we know occurs but we are keeping that in mind that whenever a card exists that works on that same trigger when the runner approaches the server we're going to keep in mind that formicary exists and we've seen a hmm. similar version of this because when system gateway was released and skunk mandagarm skunkworks was printed alongside analytic void This was the combo that was part of the very strong HB deck where you'd get to their server, and then they make you pay for Skunkworks. And then because Anoetic Void triggers from approaching the server, after you've paid for Skunkworks, then they can just end the run on you. And that is a very difficult thing to keep paying for. Interesting. In the past, there was another even more brutal version of this because Kayambe Grid existed in the past.
0: Yeah, Kayambe Grid now banned. Uh, now Was banned. this the reason for, Kyombe, for for Kyombe Grid being banned in standard? I don't know
4: that this is the reason it was banned. And for those who don't know Kayambi's grid off the top, Kayambe Grid's text off the top of their head, Kayambe Grid makes you pay two credits per advanced ice defending the server when you approach that server or it ends the run. So if you have five advanced ice defending a server, you've got to pay ten credits to make it in.
0: How does formicary uh, interact with that?
4: <laughs> so you approach the server. You have to the or the corporation chooses the order uh, to resolve the triggers in, and they will say, first, would you like to pay ten credits to get in through Cayambi Grid?" And you say yes because there's important stuff in that remote, and then they res a formicary, put it in in your way. Now they've moved you out of the approach server position, and now you have to come back in and pay 10 credits again. Anecdotally, I remember seeing a stream somewhere where Smoke had some 30 stealth credits in reserve and approached R&D on a very big deep dig run, and they didn't get into R&D because there's just multiple formicaries to make you pay the Kayambi tax multiple times.
0: <laughs> Disgusting. Glad it's glad it's banned. Glad it's banned. Yeah.
4: The announcement that banned Kaiyambe Grid mentioned that it was in an extreme negative player experience deck but declined to mention which one, but I have a suspicion it might have been this one.
0: Was Kaiyambe Grid uh banned at System Gateway release because of Managarm Skunk works or was
4: No, I believe it was banned before Gateway was released. It was just Something that was discovered later that you could combine this with Formicary.
0: Uh, is there anything else uh, that you'd like to say about Formicary uh, this evening?
4: Well, not really, because the combos are actually pretty limited with Formicary. Most of the other things you could stack that trigger with end the run. And so if you, it doesn't really mm-hmm. do much to end the run and then try to put Formicary in the way.
0: Yeah uh has it made i suppose just from a kind of rules design perspective you mentioned that it's something you're aware of has it made it difficult to write text on any other cards
4: no not really this is more of a problem for development
0: sure 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 sure. uh cool well thanks very much for the uh former carry lowdown seth Uh, yes thank you for
4: thank you for having me hopefully (laughs) no one uses this knowledge for evil
1: We are coming to the end of the episode now so i'd like to thank you for joining us and listening in uh, we really hope you enjoyed it and we're planning on giving you more episodes very soon so it's goodbye from me and goodbye from
0: me thanks for being in your eartrums and as always i've enjoyed your company thank you so much